that give us the freedom to produce the fruit that makes a difference in our lives. And so we talked about the fruit of the spirit of goodness for the last couple weeks. Goodness means an uprightness of heart and life, a moral excellence. All that God is and all that God does is good. We have to always believe that, profess that. God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. Everything he does is good. There's, there's nothing that the Lord does in any way has any measure of, of uh, badness or evil. So he is light only. And there's no, as it says, and there's no shadow of turning in him. He's completely always good. And every good thing in your life came, comes from God. Everything, whether it's your, your health or your children or your family or your possessions or your finances, whatever is good in your life, it came from God. God is the source of all goodness. And affliction, now this is the tough one, affliction and suffering can develop goodness, moral character in our life. I have found that people who are the most stable and mature in their walk with God sometimes have been through the worst experiences. Isn't it true? They've gone through hardship. And we look at them, we think, man, I wish I had that kind of spiritual maturity. Hey, it comes through affliction and, and having the right spirit through that affliction. Goodness begins in the heart. Just being good on the outside isn't enough. We have to have a goodness that comes from the inside out. And then if we are good, we'll act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with our God, Micah 6, 8. If we persist in doing good, we will reap a harvest if we don't quit. And we are to be good to everyone, especially believers. We're to be good. You know, I've, I've had, heard it shared sometimes that uh, it's so important that we as the church are good to each other. Because that'll be a witness in itself to unbelievers. If we are good to each other and people come into this church and, and any church that lifts up the name of Jesus and the people are friendly, they're outgoing, they're kind, that's a testimony. People are looking for that in the world because this world is not kind. This world is not friendly, especially with social media, people attacking each other and saying things on, online that they wouldn't say to someone's face. It, it's harsh, it's mean. And so when people come to the church and find out these people are nice, they're genuine, they're caring, that's going to be one of the greatest testimonies we have. The way we overcome evil is by doing good. Good conquers evil. And so when there's e evil going on, it's imperative upon us to be that much gooder, <laughs> better. All right, so we talked about goodness. Now we're going to talk about the spirit of faithfulness. We're almost done with the fruit. We've got faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so faithfulness, I'll tell you, it's one of the most important qualities I look for in choosing a staff member or choosing a minister or a leader for a ministry. I look for the character of faithfulness. There's a principle we're going to go over a little bit later that says, if we are faithful in small things, God will make us faithful in greater things. But it starts with the small things. You know, I tried to teach my kids that if you can't make your bed, I'm not going to trust you with my car. You know, it's a small thing. Show me that you can make your bed before I hand you the keys to this, you know, 2,000 pound missile 
So we do it with our children. God does it with his children. Faithfulness. It's a character quality that will manifest itself in every area of a person's life. And so, if, if someone is habitually unfaithful in one area of their life, how many know they'll be unfaithful in other areas of their lives? You know, if, if a, a political leader is multiply unfaithful to his wife, how many know he's probably going to be unfaithful to the nation? And so we, we do have to judge people for leadership based on their character. I mean, that's what the Bible says. You know, Jesus said, look for the, the right kind of fruit. And one of that fruit is faithfulness. People of their word, people that follow through, people that do what they say. So let's look at our texts. We look at three different texts. NIV, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Amplified, but the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work which his presence within accomplishes. Again, if the, the presence of the Holy Spirit is in you, it accomplishes love, joy or gladness, peace, patience, and even temper, forbearance, kindness, goodness, benevolence, and faithfulness. And then in the Message Bible, but what happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts into our lives, much the same way the fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others, exuberance about life, serenity. We develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, and a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. And here's the word faithfulness. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments. That's how the Message Bible translates faithfulness. So let's look at Number one, the meaning of faithfulness. Now, once again, if you ever miss any of these notes, they're on our app. And I think we're starting to print them off, too, hard copies, or we can start doing that. We used to do notes, remember? Remember, remember before COVID? I, you know, there's life BC before COVID and AC after COVID, but I, man, have our lives changed. We weren't ha- able to hand out paper. Can you believe that? And who knows... <laughs> Yeah, don't, I better not go there. Okay. Faithfulness. The Greek word is pistis, and it means fidelity, trustworthiness, reliability, dependability, loyalty, and stability. That's the character qualities of faithfulness. It is a trustworthiness. You're a person of your word, you're dependable. You know, those of you were, were raised in the time where if you're five minutes early, you're already late, right? Remember those days? And if you're on time, you're late. And now sometimes <laughs> it's, you know, sometimes people won't show up at all. But faithfulness, being dependable, being people of our word, will determine how we serve the Lord and what he will trust us with. So number one, Faithfulness is that character quality whereby one is punctual in performing one's promises, conscientious in fulfilling one's commitments, and careful in preserving what is entrusted to one's care. So punctuality. I got to admit, some folks are punctual and some aren't. That doesn't mean they're unfaithful. They're just different personalities, right? I've shared that story before that Jolene and I we had a date night 
and when you have four children, you know, you, you rarely get a date night. And because of who I am, I'm frugal. Jolene says I'm cheap. Uh, but uh, we had planned to go to Hungry Hunter in Ventura. If you can order between 5 and 5.30, it's cheaper. Anybody with me here? Oh, come on, you can admit. Okay, thank you. There we go. I'm not the only one. And so we were running a little late. And so the drive is about 30 minutes from Ojai, where we lived, to Ventura. And I was so upset that we're late, we're late. And I finally realized, you know what? I'm ruining our date <laughs> because I'm, I, I pride myself on being punctual, right on time. Not early, not late. But I thought, we're going to miss the early bird special, the early bird special. As, and finally, I stopped and I apologized. And guess what? We made it in time to the early bird special. So I'm not talking about that kind of punctuality. Some people run a little late. It's, it's not necessarily a bad thing. But it's about in punctual in our promises. If we've made commitments, we fulfill them. Number two, a further definition of being faithful is the firmness, constancy, and unchangeableness of God in his relations with men, especially with his people. God does not change. This is so important. This is one of his, his part of his nature. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is unchangeable. You know, if we served a God that changed all over the place, it would, we would be totally unstable. But God is faithful. He's unchangeable. He is who he is, as we're going to see. Now, why do you think it is difficult for people to be faithful in this culture, in this time? Any ideas? First of all, is it a struggle? Are people less faithful than before? I would, I would think so, yes. Very good. In the end times, Timothy warns us, this is what, the, what people are going to be like. Uh, they'll disobedient to their parents, just everything you've said. Um, and so it is a sign of the times. But what do you think causes people to be unfaithful? To break their word, to break their promises, to break their vows. What, what is it about that that causes us to be unfaithful at times? Selfishness. Okay, when we're focused only on our happiness and what we want. And what's amazing is, and they, we know this is true, but it's actually, they've shown this. Selfish people are not happy. They think they will be, but when we are so self-focused, we will never be happy. And yet when we, like the Bible teaches us to prefer others, there's a joy in that, in that sacrifice. So what's another reason people are unfaithful? No commitment. Okay, and sometimes people have not been raised with that importance of how it... You know, there were, there were times your word was all that was needed. On a, there were no contracts. They were, but that, that day is over. My goodness, you need a team of lawyers. And even then, they can still get you out of it. And so what, what are some other reasons? Isn't it, isn't it something that in the day that you got 20 commandments to love one another, it was that joy also? Yes. Yes. 
Jesus summarized all the commandments into two, all the, all the commandments to, to love the Lord your God and to love your neighbor as yourself. And so there is that balance of, you know, we're not to hate ourselves. We're just not to love ourselves too much. And that's usually the problem. Any other reasons why people are unfaithful? Okay, that's a very good point. When there's no consequence for being unfaithful, then it becomes a habit, doesn't it? So you're exactly right. When, when there are no consequences for unfaithfulness. Now, I was listening to a pastor on, tele, on, a, on the radio. He was telling a true story of a, a, a woman he knew since childhood. Her dad was unfaithful to her mother, devastated the family, and she was so embittered because of what her father had done. And yet years later, she did the same thing with her husband. Now, why, how could that be possible? If you've been the victim of unfaithfulness, how is it possible that some t somebody would become unfaithful themselves? Any idea? Yeah, <laughs> what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Well, I think sometimes, and, and this is part of it, we have to forgive and we have to heal or we could repeat the same mistake. In fact, we're going to find in Galatians, Paul warns us, restore a brother gently unless you're tempted yourself. And so, you know, whenever we're dealing with sin or unfaithfulness, we need to guard our own hearts because we can do the same. And especially, we're more, we, it seems we're more vulnerable spiritually at those times. Uh, I'll tell you, as a pastor for 37 years, I have seen so many broken lives. The, the things I have had to walk people through, I never dreamed I would have to walk people through some of the things that have happened and the, the, the consequences in their lives. And it has just been... Sometimes I, I feel like, God, I, how can I sh shake this? Uh, because when somebody is going through a situation that was tragic or an immorality or whatever it may be, when you step into that, you know, you become where you, you get knowledge you didn't want to have. And, and, then, and then you've got to process that yourself. And how do I... How do I give this over to the Lord? Let me just, you know, let that go. So we'll, we'll talk more about that when we get to that passage in Galatians. Faithfulness is the key. Letter B. Faithfulness comes from the word for faith, of course. But even in the Greek, there are two different words. But the, the root is faith, which means a belief or conviction of the truth or in the reliability of someone. So faithful is that you're convinced of the truth and the reliability of this person or yourself. And number one, parenthesis, we have faith in God because he is the truth. And he is trustworthy and he is reliable. That's why we have faith in God because, in other words, number two, we have faith in God because God is faithful or full of faith. He's always faithful you know the reality is we've all been unfaithful at at some degree in our lives we've all 
maybe didn't keep our commitment or so we've all struggled. God has never failed. He has never once failed to keep his word. Is that awesome? Never once. I mean, we've, we've done it in our own lives and, you know, and we, we realize that we're human and, and we need the Lord's power, but we serve a God that has never failed us. He has never been unfaithful. Now, you read through the prophets, God pictures himself as a husband and Israel as his bride and how unfaithful Israel has been and how it broke the heart of God as this husband who gave her everything. She was a spoiled bride. She got everything. She got to live in houses they, she didn't build. She got to reap from vineyards she didn't plant. I mean, God blessed her. Sometimes we have a harder time with the blessings of God than the afflictions of the world. And so here was Israel. God lavished his love on her, and she was unfaithful. And, and I can't remember which prophet is in. I'll have to look it up. But God said to Israel, even the pagans are more faithful to their false gods than you are to the true God. And now that bride is, you know, God's not finished with Israel. There's no doubt about it. God's going to uh, bring Israel to salvation in the last days. But that bride is now the church, includes the church. We've been grafted in. And so we're the bride of Christ. May we be faithful because he always is. Number two. So we've defined what faithful is. Let's, let's see where we find it. How do we... How do we find faithfulness? Letter A, well, it's part of who God is. It's one of his attributes. And as you know, I always use scripture to bolster any statement. The word of God is our source of truth and our source of knowledge. And so I put these scriptures out there and I'm, I'm believing that one of these scriptures that we discussed tonight is going to speak to your heart. I'm amazed when I'm reading through the Bible and something leaps out at me. You know what I'm talking about? In your devotions, just what you needed from the Lord. And so all of these scriptures, I, would, I encourage you to be expectant that God's going to, out of one of these scriptures tonight, he's going to speak something to your heart. Deuteronomy 32.4, speaking of God, he is the rock. His works are perfect. And all his ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong. Upright and just is he. Is that, that's the God we serve. He is perfect. He never does wrong. Psalms 33, 4. For the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. Notice that everything God does is faithful. Psalms 86, 15. But you, O Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Notice how you'll see this all throughout Scripture. Love and faithfulness are bound together. One leads to the other. It's circular. If we love, we're faithful. And if we're faithful, we love. And so does God. 1 Corinthians 1.9. I like to balance the Old Testament New Testament Scriptures as well. God, who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, 
is faithful. So in Old Testament and New Testament, it speaks of this character of God as being faithful. Letter B, God is faithful to keep his promises, as I mentioned. Let's look at the scriptures. Deuteronomy 7, 9. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commands. That's another thing. God is not just faithful to you. He's faithful to your kids and your grandkids in a thousand generations. God is so faithful, it goes beyond just us. He's faithful to our kids. Aren't you glad? Even if they're astray, God is faithful. He will keep his promises. Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Old Testament, New Testament, God keeps his promises. He's faithful to his promises. You know, we've all had promises broken by people in our lives. If we're honest, we've broken promises to other people. God has never broken one promise, not one. God is worthy of our trust and our confidence because he will fulfill his word. He's also worthy of our holy fear and reverence and respect because he will certainly execute his judgment against sin. God is faithful, as we're going to see. He's faithful to forgive if we repent. But if we fail to repent, we will see he's also faithful to his justice. He's faithful in love, but he's also faithful in judgment. Always right, never gets it wrong. Let her see. His faithfulness never ends. There's no limit. Psalms 100 verse 5. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. We see that, that as well. Goodness, love, and faithfulness are often mentioned together. Psalm 117 verse 2. For great is his love toward us and faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. And as I've just mentioned, letter D he is faithful to forgive us our sins, to confess sins. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. We have to confess. We have to repent. And if we do, forgiveness is immediate. That just blows me away. You know, if somebody has hurt us, we may have to do a process of forgiveness, right? It may take a little while, but for God, it's instantaneous. If we confess, he will forgive. I, I don't know about you, but that blesses me. He's always faithful to forgive. God wants to forgive. He's waiting on humanity to repent and to turn from their wicked ways. He, he longs. God is... God is it's, he's not willing that any should perish, the scriptures say. But everyone come to a knowledge of the truth. And this is what's amazing. Letter E, God is faithful even in our temptations. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. Now, this is important. 
You know, you look at Facebook, social media, and people put their memes out there and their little statements out there. And I've seen this multiple times. God will never give you more than you can handle. That's not what the scriptures say. He, it says he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able. But there are times God will give us more than we can handle because he'll handle it. You see, God, God is, again, faithful and powerful, but sometimes we face the impossible so that we can witness the power of an impossible God, a God who does the impossible. Exactly. We know he's going to be faithful. The question is, are we? <laughs> are we going to take it back? I was thinking about this the other day. I was listening to a song that said, cast all your cares on the Lord because he cares for you. I wanted to look that up and I'm going to have to look it up because I just think it's a, it's a fishing analogy. Cast your cares on the Lord, but don't bring it back. Don't take it back from the Lord. And I'm, I'm be honest, there are many times I cast my cares on the, on the Lord and not too long after that I find they're back on me because you're right. I've got to leave that. Part of faithfulness is leaving those cares with the Lord. Because he, he's faithful. He's going to take care of them. But are we going to take our hands off and trust the Lord? The Lord is faithful to strengthen us and protect us, letter F. Psalm 91.4. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. Trying to see how much further I've got to go. You know, I've got a long way to go. So we're going to pause right there and pick up next week. Second Thessalonians 3.3. We'll stop at letter F. But the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. So let's pray. Lord, help us to better understand faithfulness. God, we look at you, you're perfect. Lord, we know that we can't achieve perfection in this life, but you still call us to that. And so, Lord, I just ask that you would help us be more faithful. First of all, that we'd be more faithful to you. God, is there any area of our life where we have been like Israel and our heart is gone astray? Lord, we look forward to the day where the great marriage supper of the Lamb and so, God, I just pray that you would make us more faithful. And, Lord, I know that we, we grow in faithfulness as we see your faithfulness, as we recognize it, as we praise you for it. And so, Lord, as we see you being faithful, help us to become faithful as well. In Jesus' name, amen.